This Rarecast is made possible by Global Genes, a leading education and advocacy organization that serves and promotes the needs of patients and families touched by rare and genetic disease. Since 2009, Global Genes has been building awareness, developing patient-focused education and advocacy tools, and funding patient care programs and critical research. To learn more, go to globalgenes.org. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. Michaela Allison's daughter, Lily, was born with a rare genetic disease with many symptoms, complex challenges, and no diagnosis. As she grew older, one of the things she told her mother she wanted was to have friends like her, ones with the same health issues. That led Allison to create Someone Like You, an online service that connects people with rare diseases with others with the same conditions. We spoke to Allison, founder and CEO of Someone Like You, about the genesis of the service, how it works, and why a diagnosis isn't necessary to finding a connection. Michaela, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. We're going to talk about someone like you, how it seeks to connect people with the same rare condition and how it works. I'd like to start with your story behind someone like you. Who is Lillian, and how did she come to inspire someone like you? Lillian is my seven-year-old daughter, and she was diagnosed with a rare disorder called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome Hypermobility Type shortly after she turned six years old. And for that period of time, she experienced dozens of different symptoms and seemingly unrelated diagnoses. It was hard for us to find other parents who understood what we were going through. Shortly after she turned five years old, she started asking us for a friend like her. And when we would ask even her doctors if they knew anyone with similar conditions, even if they had an idea, they were unable to share that information with us because of privacy laws. And we weren't comfortable sharing the specific details of her health conditions online. We were actually not even on Facebook. And without a diagnosis, we didn't have a specific foundation to turn to. So we decided to create an option for people to privately connect with others who experience similar health conditions as themselves or their children. So what is the mission of someone like you? Our mission is to privately connect individuals regardless of they've, if they've received a diagnosis yet or not, across diseases, and to give them that option to do so without sharing the specifics of their health conditions online. It would seem like the easiest way for someone to connect with a rare disease that they have is to find someone else with the same condition by reaching out to a, an advocacy group or a foundation focused on that particular disease. You, you just referred to it that it's not always possible because they those organizations may not exist. You may not have a clear diagnosis. 
what's the reality of the rare disease population and, and the lack of representation for many of these diseases? There are almost, or there are approximately 7,000 rare diseases, and that affects around 30 million people in the United States. And the reality of it is that more than half of those individuals do not have foundations to turn to that have specific support for their rare disease diagnosis. And the reason why there isn't a specific number of how many foundations are out there to, to support diseases is because they change all the time. There are more diseases identified every day. There are also foundations that grow and set up, and, and maybe they don't continue operating. And so the reality of it is is that most people, even once they receive that rare disease diagnosis, don't have a foundation to turn to for support specifically for their disease. So tell me, how, how does someone like you work? Someone like you matches individuals privately to each other via encrypted email. So we don't offer message boards or communities or simply the matchmakers for individuals. Some of our members come to us via learning about us through other organizations or online or through different programs such as vocational rehabilitation. Regardless of how they get to our site, they're able to secure their data space, and then we send them a connect contact form, and that asks for information related to their health conditions. For example, they provide with us an email address that they choose to share, as well as if they are an affected adult or if they have a child with an affected condition, and then if they are or not a rare disease patient themselves. And then we have the opportunity to list up to 10 different qualities or groups of qualities of health conditions that they experience and choose to find in someone else. And those qualities can be symptoms, diagnoses, conditions, or even challenges that they face. And once that information is populated into our security identified database and a match is found, then the email address of their match is sent to them via an encrypted system. And then our members choose to contact each other in the way that they wish. First, obviously, they're going to reach out to them via email, and they can keep that safe and encrypted if they'd like. Or if they feel comfortable, they could eventually share phone numbers and even meet in person. Is there a cost for using the service? Yes. There's a $50 lifetime fee to register your data space for someone like you. And we're vendors for the state of Wyoming and the state of Montana vocational rehabilitation. And those programs power our organization. For every membership that we sell, we then donate one to someone fighting a rare disease. So the opportunity for someone with a disease diagnosis to be able to find someone else at no cost exists. What kind of information are, do you ask people to provide? You mentioned these 10 qualities. Are, mm -hmm. are, they, are, are you finding that those questions often pair people who may have different diseases? Yeah, we're finding that uh, essentially people are looking to connect with someone else 
not always specifically to the rare disease that they have. You know, when you have a rare disease, there are oftentimes different symptoms that span across diseases. So we're able to connect individuals who may have specific comorbidities that they're um, experiencing with different diagnoses, and they can support each other based on those symptoms. Do, do they ever seek matches with common interest outside of their diseases? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, for example, um, we could have individuals who have a diagnosis of autism and a specific uh, disability, and then in turn, they want to become a graphic designer and they're re-entering the workforce. They can use that as one of their qualities to find in a map. Is, is there any geographic orientation to the way you match people? Within our Connect contact forms currently, we do collect the zip codes of our members for organizational purposes. We don't specifically match individuals based on those zip codes at this time. However, we've just begun a new initiative, and what that initiative entails is connecting individuals with rare diseases state by state. So our current project is the 1000 Colorado Rare Disease Project, and we intend to connect 1,000 rare disease patients here in Colorado this year, and we feel that if we're able to connect communities closer together, then perhaps that can allow for greater responses and greater results for what the rare disease patients may have in mind doing for themselves as well. How long does it generally take to, to match someone? It completely depends how long it takes to get a match. And it depends on what our members are looking for in someone else. We have members now that have not yet received a match. And the specific members who have not yet received a match are typically looking only to connect with someone else who has very specific groups of symptoms. And they're willing to wait. They're willing to wait until they are able to find that match for themselves. We have other members that connect specifically right right away because they're more open, their qualities that they list are more um, spread out. So, for example, someone could list up to 10 different qualities they're looking for in a match. This could be symptoms such as low muscle tone or autism or a specific learning disability or whatnot. And they, if you list those out separately, then the chances of you being connected right away are much greater versus if you're listing them all within the same data space, it may take longer. As we get new members that enter the system each day, then that information is repopulated into the system and new matches are identified. So your data space never goes away unless you choose to be removed from the system. If, you're don't, if you don't receive a a match right away, the opportunity will continue to exist as these members enter the system. I know we talk about patients finding other patients, but so many of these diseases affect very young children. Do parents ever use it to find other parents? Absolutely. Actually, initially, um, that was the that was the biggest growth within our population. Um, other parents to talk to about their child's condition. 
What's been the uh, experience today? How successful have you been at, at matching people? How many matches have you made? We started our organization on March 11th of 2017. We're going on just about a year. To date, we've distributed more than 3,400 memberships across the United States. And our match rate has varied um, anywhere from 71 or excuse me, 70 to 81 percent. And to be honest with you, that was much more successful than we even intended when we first initially launched. I was surprised at how many individuals just wanted to connect with someone else on anything they were experiencing. The majority of our members will list out more general conditions rather than very specific data spaces. And I think that that's helped continue to allow us to match more people. And how does the experience of finding someone affect the people you're serving? Have you heard back from anyone who, who you've matched? We have. Um, it's been pretty emotional for me, to be honest with you. You know, getting into really after my daughter received her diagnosis and learning of the whole world of the rare disease community, each time that we <clears throat> hear back from our members and the stories that they tell us, it can be quite emotional. And I would say that probably the most impactful story that I've heard was from an individual who had really lost hope for her little one and his rare disease diagnoses, not knowing anyone else who had experienced the symptoms and the specific genetic diagnosis that he had, and to be able to find not another parent with a child with the same diagnosis yet, but another adult who had the same diagnosis. And she told me that, you know, she doesn't know what the future will hold for her little boy, but she has hope now. And she has more hope than she ever had before. Anyone ever develop romantic relationships from this? I'm not aware of that. You know, I have not been shared any information about that. <laughs> And successful matching may in part depend on, on the size of the database. Do you mm -hmm. work with other rare organizations to grow the database? You, you talked about the, the Colorado project. Are, are there other things right. like that that are going to kind of jump the size of the database? Yes. So we've worked with different organizations over the past year, particularly um, really across the United States. We've worked with Born a Hero with Cypher Syndrome out of Seattle, and um, they work with a number of organizations. So we, you know, worked with them as well. FACES, the National Cranial Facial Association in Tennessee, the Hearing Health Foundation has featured um, our organization, as well as even Special Olympics, uh, Colorado Young Athletes. And as we've worked with different organizations, we've seen the the greatest need for rare disease support really lies within those foundations that um, don't exist yet. They, they, it lies within those organizations that are unable to provide specific support. And I'm now a board member for a new nonprofit here in Colorado called Colorado Rare. And we are a united voice for all individuals who've been diagnosed with rare diseases. And Colorado Rare is sponsoring our 1,000 patient campaign. And we are actually sponsoring Rare Disease Day at the Capitol on February 28th this year to help raise awareness for the complex needs 
of those experiencing rare disease every day as well as their caregivers and to help our legislators put a face to a name of what rare disease is and that over a half a million individuals in Colorado have a rare disease. And my daughter, Lily, um, is actually speaking at the state capitol. She's so excited, and to remind you again, she's only seven, but she's very excited to help raise awareness for rare disease and um, also for invisible disability. It, it took Lily five years to get a diagnosis. What was that honestly like for you, and has she since connected with others with the same condition? That journey for us was difficult. It was very difficult. <clears throat> you know, over the course of those years, Lily experienced so many different symptoms and seemingly unrelated diagnoses that impacted her daily life. You know, her symptoms of her disease caused major joint dislocations, chronic fatigue, and it, it affects her ability to speak and to write and to play. And those things were really difficult as a parent to, you know, see your kiddo experiencing and not have anyone else to talk to. And, you know, it took uh, a long time, as you said, to get that diagnosis. And on average in the U.S., it takes 7.6 years to get a rare disease diagnosis. So I know that we weren't alone in that journey and that many others are still in the middle of that time for themselves. And we just hope that we can help make a difference and connect individuals so they don't feel alone like we did and they don't have to compromise their privacy in the process. You know, there are symptoms that Lily experiences I'll never share in an interview. I'll never write online. They're very private symptoms that she experiences. And those are the things that we need the support for the most. And to be able to, even though she has a diagnosis now, to be able to connect with other parents who have children with her condition, as well as other adults who have her condition, not only does it empower us, but it helps Lily feel like she's not alone. And yes, she has connected with other kiddos and with other adults who have her rare disease. Uh, some she's had the opportunity to already meet in person. Um, some she will very soon, and some she FaceTimes with online. What was that experience like for her, you know, having started this whole journey for that purpose? You know, I don't know if Lily knows exactly why we started the journey specifically. Well, what was the experience of seeing her make that connection with someone with the same condition? It's so powerful. Um, you know, it was really hard to create this organization. It took a lot of work. We've had a lot of support, a lot of professional support, a lot of, you know, um, emotional support from those around us during the journey of getting this organization off the ground. And to be able to see Lily now connect with others and to even advocate for them when they may not necessarily be able to use their own voice has been amazing. If you go to the Someone Like You website, you'll see S1LY. I'm a little slow on the uptake. That's not a G. <laughs> That's shorthand for Someone Like You. The website is at someonelikeyou.com with the numeral one, someone like you. Michaela Allison, founder and CEO of Someone Like You. Michaela, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. Have a great day.
Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.